Ahoy hoy, Noiros, or should we say, welcome back to the Old West. We did it again. We got you. We fooled you. We're going to litigate it. We're going to get into it. I think I think at the very least, Dan, this is going to be a hell of an episode to listen to. Yeah. The lads just chatting it up, getting at it. We're going to get into just who we are. Gentleman Joey here, and also, of course, and Nahima Persoff as Dan. Yes. <laughs> I, I will say, I, I, was, I was glad that there was a, finally a character named Dan in the yes. movie. Yes, and yeah. they really stressed that it was Dan. Yeah. No, maybe, I, maybe the first Dan on the Old West, as far as we know. Yeah, it's surprising. Need, need more Dans and Noir and, and, and Westerns. That's, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. Well, we may have combined, you know, we had to just do the best and, and make up for lost time and just put them together in one package today, possibly, as we Sometimes said. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it works. Sometimes you're a nut. How you doing, buddy? I am doing all right. How about we you? We got all these bonus episodes for Neo Noir Vember, so we're just going to be checking in constantly. What have you done in the last, like, two days? <laughs> I, uh, I watched the new Dune this morning. You did. I have not watched it yet. I'm sorry I don't have my Dune report. I don't know if I... I, I, I guess I want to know. Did you like it? Um, oh, boy. Eh, eh. Okay. 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 I, I think it's... it's and. You know, I, I spent a lot of the time of it questioning, like, do I not like this because I love the, the 80s Lynch one? Mm-hmm. Or do I not like this because I just don't think it's that great? And mm-hmm. I think it's a little bit of both. Like, I, I, I think it's, it's, yeah, obviously, like, I'm going to have a little bit of bias. And I felt the way, same way, like, anytime a remake, like, for instance, like, Suspiria, like, the original Suspiria, one of my favorite horror movies. And watching the new one, the new one, it was fine. Like, I, I didn't. I didn't hate it, but I just, you know, it, it, you kind of come in with these preconceived notions and sometimes it's hard to let those go, you know, and, and you try to let it exist in its own plane. I think but... I'm going to be the honest review of Dune on this one. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll next episode, come back for Neo Noir Vember and uh, I'll let you know what I thought. Well, I have one, one very, very, very small, I don't even think it's like a, a spoiler because we were talking be- before we started today. Uh, about pronouncing words weirdly, oh, and, yeah. and, and one thing, and one thing that really weirded me out is they pronounce Harkonnen as Harkonnen, Harkonnen, <laughs> Harkonnen the entire movie, and it was driving me out of my mind because, like, in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's just like because everything else had the same pronunciation, but they also changed certain words, like certain oh, like weird. names for for things, and and so a lot of it was was good, and you know I've read part of the novel, so I mean I, I will say like I, I you know I never I haven't finished it, so I mean there's some things that I might miss, and again I, I you know I I know the the eighty four one so well, but I don't know I, I just sounds like Yodorowsky still has made the best Dune. Yeah, I just didn't connect with it, like I, and I think yeah. it's just like I, I don't connect with a lot of newer movies, especially newer sci fi movies that just they feel so sterile to me they don't feel like what about the sound design i heard a lot of people going nuts for the sound design on this one can you at least give a give props to that or is that not was it a lot of like doom you know i I will say the the score itself i i did like that was actually one of of my favorite things of it because i mean it's hans zimmer and he's pretty you know renowned and i thought he did an excellent job that was that was actually one of the things i really did like about it um he did um blade runner 2049 right as well yeah yeah yeah, that has, I mean, it's like the little things like that that have me enough where, I, I don't know if I want to say excited, but, you know, uh, interested. I think a lot of the performances were weird. And I think Timothy Chalamet, he just was very flat to me. 
Yeah. Um, it's just, I don't know. There's just a lot of it that I felt like didn't work. And, and again, like I'm always going to compare it, but I, 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 the one thing I admire about the Lynch one is he was able to condense so much of what Dune is about into like a basically a two hour movie. Mm-hmm. And to me, it didn't, didn't necessarily feel rushed in his version. Like as much as he did condense and there's a lot to get, to get through, I feel like a lot was left on the table. Like if you hadn't seen the original, the 84 one, or hadn't really read the books or the comics or anything like that, going to this movie, like there's a lot more that's unexplained. Like I, I get like, it's complex, but they leave you so much. Like if you just went in completely cold, you would be like, I have absolutely no idea what's going on. <laughs> right. And, I mean, and I think- that's, to be fair, I feel like that's Dune in right. general, you know, that's like true. I'm a, I'm a casual, I don't even want to say fan, but just like observer. Yeah, I really have no love, but I have a appreciation for. It. I mean, there's some real big ideas that are are just fascinating. I think every version of it from from comic. I haven't read the book and the Lynch movie and and Jodorowsky's Dune, the Mobius artwork. Like, there's enough there where it's cool. Like, it's yeah. enough where like I keep wanting to check it out and see people's interpretations of it. So yeah, I don't know, but well, do you like the '80s Dune? I I I don't. I'm just <laughs> I, trying to gauge what you're. I don't, but I don't not like it. Like, it's a fascinating film. There's, yeah. there's things, that, it's like equally as much as I love about it, there's things that I just fucking hate about it too. Okay. Like, it's a worthy movie. You got to see it. There's some really cool stuff in it. But yeah, I, I just, it's not, it wasn't any, I, I came to it much later. Like, it wasn't anything like I grew up, I have no nostalgia for it. Okay. I don't know how much of that is anything. It's just like Dune was always just kind of in the background. I, I kind of was catching the things that were inspired by it. True. Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, I would definitely be curious to see your. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to be the tiebreaker, but I'm also a classic grump too. So we'll we'll see with that outside (laughs) perspective. I have the same review about uh, fucking Halloween Kills I watched this week. The oh yeah, I I even watched great sound, great soundtrack. Yeah, that's where I just come into it for at this point. I I love John Carpenter music. He's still he's making better music than ever with his son and their friend family friend and um the soundtrack was great and it was just like wanting to see how that played together i mean you know some fun kills and everything like that certainly in that regard the title is worthy but this story was just so thin like they were just not even trying on this one that's what i heard and and i saw the the 2018 one i saw that in the theater yeah um i mean the halloween franchise i i love it like i love especially up through like the first six of of like you know I, i love all of them but the 2018 one, I just wasn't into. I just, it was okay. I, I just, I didn't. I thought there was a lot of potential, but like it, yeah, didn't, it just, didn't go build to anything. Like it no. ultimately has proved itself worthless other than the fact that, yes, we're getting more John Carpenter music. Keep right. that coming. If we're right. spending millions of dollars to get him to make albums and have more excuses to play video games and, and uh, you know, watch Sorcerer, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not, I haven't been. I haven't been in a rush to see it. I, I've no. been pretty kind of indifferent to it. I would say run the other way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, other than that, yeah, nothing, nothing too much. Just wrapping up Rockford Files so I can be ready for Incredible Hulk when it arrives next week. Perfect. I'm pretty psyched. I was. I thought I was about to jump into Hill Street Blues finally and to finish it. I have owned it and started it a while back, but mm-hmm. it's gonna. It's gonna have to wait for a little bit of a the old green mean machine. Yeah, it's a it's a worthy uh, worthy wait. I think. I think. I think so. Yeah. Hill Street Blues ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I was gonna say yes. Yeah, I feel like it's a show you like more the older you get, anyways. So yeah, 
all I gotta do is just keep living. And you know, that's 50 50 at this point. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really have anything else. No, um, I was gonna say yeah. we're gonna be outlaws on this show and just get right into it. Yeah, yeah. Day of the Outlaw. I didn't arrange my screen, Dan, but I'm gonna do that as I am vamping. Episode 45, guys. Speaking of ages. We are we're almost there. That's what's blowing us away. But this is Day of the Outlaw, released July 1959. Production by Old Security Pictures and distributed by United Artists. Directed by Andre de Toth from Pitfall. We remember him. This was written by Philip Jordan, who wrote The Big Combo, so another old friend. And it's based on the novel Day of the Outlaw by Lee Wells, produced by Jordan, and also by Sidney Harmon, who also produced The Big Combo as well. Welcome it, to the show. Yeah, this is basically like Noir Goes West. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, down to like all, even like the bit characters. I mean, you know, we'll, as we'll, we'll get into, but like even a lot of the side characters are all mainstays of, of... Well, this is this is just it, Dan. I'm going to... This was, as we, we had alluded to earlier, this was a listener suggestion that we're yes. coming into this one from Charlie, listener. Mm-hmm. This is what how he wrote it when he suggested to us. Mm-hmm. He said, quote, If you're still looking for noir westerns, let me recommend the best. 1959's Day of the Outlaw. I don't believe I've heard it mentioned. That was true. This was news to us when it was presented. Mm-hmm. Starring noir perennial Robert Ryan, the magnificent Burl Ives as the villainous Jack Brune, and a pre-ginger Tina Louise. If that isn't enough, four of the most memorable characters in the history of film. Alicia Cook Jr., Robert Cornthwaite, Dabs Greer, and Namaya Persoff. Still alive at 102, he says. Wow. The director is the one-eyed master, Andre de Toth. The black and white cinematography is breathtaking. The movie was shot on location in the dead of winter in the snowiest of locations. You will never be colder than when you're watching this movie. And I will say that is a fact. I did feel a little little chilly. How many noirs can you think of that have this type of setting? And in a different uh, email, he said later on, he told me directly, despite your ho-hum attitude on Humphrey Bogart and John Huston, I continue to thoroughly enjoy the show. So I thought... (laughs) As a little something for my buddy Dan, who would appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you, like Charlie, yes. for the suggestion and for listening. We do appreciate it for that wonderful email. Reading all that, it was like, yeah, we got to put this thing. That's why we're here. That's why we were willing to come back on our endless quest for a film noir western. Yes. Do you think it succeeded, Dan? I thought about this a lot, and, yeah. and I, I thought about it a lot during during the film afterwards. And I, I would say that I would definitely put this. You know, I, I feel like it's pretty obvious, but like definitely more so than the Naked Spur in, in context. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I think for me, it's like uh, the overall almost concept of this film is this is like one of the darkest westerns I've ever seen. Yes, like, very much it, so. Like, like just in, in even just plot alone. So mm-hmm. I think even for that reason, and like you said, the cinematography. Yeah. I, Cinematography, I, I say 100%. Like, yeah. if, if we didn't have that other stuff, I would lean into that and say that it is a, a noir in that regard. But I, I do think, like you're saying, it is some dark themes and yeah. they absolutely could fit into, you know, a, a noir film story. Yeah, and the main character is like, he's a quote-unquote good guy, but like, he is and he isn't. So it's kind of like this, like almost like anti-hero thrust into this kind of role and, you know, that's something that comes up a lot in noir, too. So we'll, we'll get into it, the nuts and bolts. But and yeah. fatal, I would say, you know, yeah. in a way. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, so I, I definitely can see that. 
and you know i would think if i you know were to do a western noir like you know this is pretty much how you approach it something like that yeah i mean definitely a lot of very obviously very western themes but yeah it's it, it was interesting I, I have i have some interesting thoughts about this i have a lot we're, we're gonna talk yeah. about it yeah i think i think we're probably about on the same page of interest yeah <laughs> and i you know hey at the end of the day despite the movie having limited fun facts out there on the web your old pal gentleman joey i think he came up with some fun stuff along the way so you're able to mine some uh some facts yes indeed so we are opening up in wyoming we are in wyoming cattle country and a town of i believe 20 people correct yes about about that i think they they estimate about that yeah we got Blaze Starrett. We're going to call him Blaze, played by Robert Ryan. Great and let name. me tell you, exactly. Blaze is so good. I'm not going to call Robert Ryan Robert Ryan during this run-up. He will be called Blaze. I say, name's got to be pretty good if, if, if that's... Uh, if you're usurp- able to power through that. Robert Ryan, because exactly. I mean, the great Robert Ryan. Blaze Ryan, if anything. Yes. And we'll mix it together. Uh, he helped start this town. It's called Bitters, Wyoming. So yes, within this 20-people town... People have started putting barbed wire around their property to keep their cows in. And this is controversial to, to Blaze for some reason. <laughs> I think it's very sensible that you'd want to keep your cattle around town, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I they, mean, they, there's yeah. an underlying issue, of course, of why he has such a problem with uh, Hal Crane, who's like the mastermind of all this. It's because he's married to Helen, who's played by Tina Louise. So there, it seems like that's what it's about. But ultimately, it's like, yeah, dude, you're in the wrong. Like, who cares about the barbed wire? And also, like, we'll learn later, like, he had his chance with her. <laughs> he totally just, right. he totally slacked. I think it's that, that age-old kind of thing where, where a lot of these, like, Western trope things start where it's, like, people dividing up land and what's rightfully theirs, you know. Yeah, and, misunderstandings. And, and, yeah, I, I think it's, like, they're trying to interject that. And obviously, the, the inter- yeah, the interpersonal relationship obviously has a – major part like you said but yes. yeah i think it's just like it just felt to me like yeah just land disputes like people saying like oh this is this part's my land and oh this is part's mine and they even talk about in the beginning like oh if they divide it up we'll get more farmers in get more people here like the the one girl was like oh i'm trying to find a, a farmer to marry you know stuff like that so yeah are you talking about ernine yes i am <laughs> never heard that name before in my life until this film yeah and, and her, her real name is Venetia, which is also really interesting. <laughs> yes, and I have fun facts about her, Dan. Great. Looking um, forward to it. A lot of people lived a life in this one, as we'll get to. But yeah, so there is that. And, you know, also, Blaze, he's really been, he put this town together, him and his partner, Dan. So, you know, he feels, you know, an ownership to it, basically. He's the mayor of old bitters, basically. So this starts to snowball. Meanwhile, we get... Helen, she arrives and she goes and talks to Blaze and says, we should have never had an affair. I don't love you anymore. But Blaze is like, you know, hey, I think we can do this. I don't believe you. And she says, I'm going to stick. I'm staying with my wife or my husband. (laughs) I'm I'm staying with him, with Hal. Yes. So Blaze, he doesn't take that so well. And he's like, we're going to make battle. And he sees Dan at the bar. And Dan's next to a can of kerosene, which he's like, you know what? I'm going to use that to burn Hal's wagon. That's going to teach him something. Mm-hmm. And everyone's saying, don't do it, Blaze. No one's really on Blaze's side. Even Dan seems to just be like, I'd rather just get drunk and, and not deal with this. Yeah. That's exactly what Dan would do in this, this situation. Yeah. That's a very Dan thing. Yes. Uh, there's one quote he says. It's around this point where he goes, uh, excuse me, Mrs. Crane. This coffee made me think how good whiskey would taste. 
Excuse me. And then he gets up and leaves. I thought that was a nice touch. Pretty funny moment, yeah. So this battle begins, it, it continues to brew, and you really feel like this is going to be the movie, too. Like, coming into this blind, you're like, this is, <laughs> they're really hyping this. This is what it's going to be. And, you know, they're they're going back and forth. It's uh very Western trope. I mean, like, like we mentioned yep. earlier, like, that's, you know, it's very much like you got the land weird disputes, but part of it's entangled with, like, a romantic, you know, tri- love triangle kind of thing. So, yeah, you're expecting that that's going to be driving what's going on yes the town they're still trying to get blaze to not get in this fight and he gives this very good speech of how he came there like over 20 years ago and he's not gonna let no pig belly farmer is gonna stop me the way he delivered that line was just beautiful that that whole monologue was great yeah when dad and i came here bitters was a nesting spot for every thief and killer in the territory a man's life wasn't worth the price of a bullet. No woman was safe in the streets, let alone in a lonely farmhouse. It took more than a big mouth to get rid of the lice who infested every bend of the road you ride so safely on. I'm not saying Dan and I did it alone, but we did more than our share. We hunted them down in the freezing cold while you sat back in the east hugging your pot-bellied stoves. Nobody thanked us. Nobody paid us. We did it because we felt we belonged. We'd earned the right to belong. And all you've done is ride in here and put down your stinking roots. And now you tell us that you belong and we don't. Mr. Crane, you said you'd fight to keep what you want. Well, I've been doing that for 20 years, and I intend to keep on doing it. And no pig-bellied farmer is going to stop me. But yeah, you know, another classic Western trope of just, you know, like this is, you know, free land. We're, we're doing it ourselves. We're the law here and, and self-governed. That's how I'd like to keep it. Your barbed wire says otherwise. After that, Helen then goes up to Blaze and says, please don't kill Hal. We can, I'll get together with you as long as you don't kill him. Mm-hmm. They kiss. After that, He's like, Hal's going to come after you. He's not going to let this stop. So no matter what, this battle is going to be happening. And so Blaze, he heads downstairs at this bar with the upstairs area. Yeah, it's the saloon with, you yeah. know, with like the hotel rooms upstairs. Yeah, yes, if you've seen Deadwood, it's like Swearingen's place, basically. <laughs> the gym. As is always is a reminder, anytime you see a Western, watch Deadwood. It's just the greatest. But anyway, he heads down. Dan has been drinking a ton. He's pretty passed out goes to pick up the can of kerosene and Hal's like, yo, don't burn my wagon. Bunch of guys come in and it looks like this gunfight is going down. Blaze is like, we're going to roll this bottle, empty bottle of whiskey down at the bar and once it hits the ground we're going to make battle. There's going to be a firefight here. One of my favorite shots in the movie. I loved it. So good. And then right when this is about to go down, the door slams open and we meet old Captain, right? Yes, Captain Captain Jack Brune. And he's Mr. got a snowman. Mr. <laughs> yeah, he's not Mr. Snowman in this at all. I mean, other than he plays in the snow a little bit. Yeah, I was going to say, it's snowy. So. <laughs> there's snow, he's a man. But yeah, he comes in and he's also got a, a gang. It's a bunch of cavalry men and they had split to rob banks, basically. And they had just had committed a robbery and Jack Brune has been shot as a result of that. Mm-hmm. They're being pursued by the cavalry and one of the men kills a townsman who draws a gun out of him 
Yeah. And then you meet these guys and they are a bunch of bunch of nuts, that's for sure. Yes. Some some, <laughs> ca- some characters for sure. Absolutely, including our old friend from Kiss Me Deadly. Yep. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, uh what's his name? Uh Jack Lambert. Jack Lambert. Yeah, he's yeah, he's in Kiss Me Deadly. He's also in uh As Tex. Yeah, he's what what else is he in? A lot of he, westerns. There's a Oh, 99 River Street. That's what it was. I knew ah, I knew yes, we yes, we yes. done another one. Yeah, he's great in that too. Yeah, he's 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 great. Friend of the show. Yes. So then there's Shorty, who's also a member of this gang. He's like, the other guys, you meet them, like Tex and Pace. Pace, yeah. They got crazy laughter, and they just want to drink, and they just want women, and they are just clearly creepy, awful men. But then there's Shorty. Shorty has been a part of the gang for a little bit. He's an old-timer. And then there's also Gene as well, who's like a younger kid. And if you're like, boy, he sure does look familiar, doesn't he? That's because he's the older brother of Ricky Nelson. Was not just the style at the time, but yes. all I could think of. And then, boy, did I get a confirmation later on. But yeah, he's a, he's a young man. He just kind of joined the group. And these guys are, they're, they're not really killers, really. They're just, they're different. Brune, he really keeps everything together. These men do fear him and they listen to him. He's very strict. And he's just like, if you guys cooperate, no one's going to die. Your women aren't going to get hurt. We just got to rest. We're trying to recuperate. No drinking. No drinking and no women. He even says, hide the liquor at one point. And then to take the women to the general store, the four women. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Brune, we we do learn that he has been shot and he's asked for a doctor, which we don't have. There's just a a veterinarian or a horse doctor, Doc Langer. And uh, he's the only one who really knows anything about <laughs> treating a person. You know, he's, he, he takes a look at this, but the bullet is in his chest. And it's just like, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to save this guy. I don't have the tools for it. I'm a horse doctor. If you want, I could kill him. Like, that, is yeah. that going to help anything? And they're like, no, nah, these guys are going to tear this town apart if this guy dies. They threaten him personally. The kid, they said, hey, if he, if he dies, you're, you die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So- Stakes are high. Stakes are very high. So they're like, we got to keep them alive. And they're like, even when Brune is like about to go under or whatever, like you want some booze to feel better? This is is medicine back then. This is how we could do it. And he refuses. I mean, he he stays sharp the whole time. And he gets into his past a little bit with Blaze. And this is where we find out there's an alluding to of a massacre of an entire Mormon town. Yeah. uh, Which Blaze had heard about. Yeah. In Utah. So clearly this guy is a bad SOB. Yeah. But they get the bullet out and Brune, he asks Gene to sit with him while he sleeps and Blaze to go check on the men. Later in the day, Claggett, who's one of the farmers, he's like, I want to go check on my wife. She's home alone. She doesn't know what's going on. I'm going to make a run for it. And Blaze like, they said they got a guy who's like watching them and will shoot anyone who tries to leave. Don't do it. He's like, I can make it. He gets a little, he does a nice little trip, but of course, predictably so, he gets shot, falls dead in the snow. Yeah. Some some great shots though at the outside and you know when the townspeople come out and when they come out to get them and stuff like that just really good because there's a lot of like interesting like wide shots but like pulled back yeah. throughout the movie where it's like you're kind of just seeing these like shat almost like shadowy kind of figures they're just black figures basically in the white background it's just really interesting throughout the movie I did notice yeah that. and even like when it was light it was still pretty dark you know yeah. 
it felt very noir, even when we we're like in the day, like the trees would be like dark. It's just some nice contrasts with the- Very stark, yeah. With, yeah, with the snow and the nature. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a beautiful looking movie. Great print on this one too. Yeah. Gotta give a shout out. To Thanks, that. Kino. Thanks, Kino. We're saying it more and more these days. So now nobody's feeling good about the women staying here. And so the women, they start to take off and Blaze, he talks to Gene, the young kid. He's like saying like, look, we, we got to get these guys out of here. Those guys, Tex and Pace, they really want to just pounce on these poor women. They got to go. And Gene, like, he's like, you know, I, hey, look, I get it, but I'm terrified of Brune. We're not going to do that. And so you hear some shots ring out and the women stop. Brune is awake. He gets mad that Blaze was like, he let this happen. He's like, I told you, I gave you the, the deal. What the hell, man? I'm going to keep the women safe. And so the men, Tex and Pace, they start to approach the women. Brune says, back off, guys. And the women to go to the store. Mm-hmm. And then Brune is still pissed. And he's like, you know what, Tex, put down your gun and you get to beat up Blaze. <laughs> <laughs> and it's looking, you know, it's looking good. Blaze takes down Tex. He, maybe he's going to do all right. But Brune's like, all right, the other two guys, why don't you go ahead and take on Blaze too? And he just gets pounded. Yeah, it's just brutal. Again, another really far away shot. And a lot of like these group shots where they're all kind of really far away in the distance and you see these just kind of shadowy people in yeah. this white background. Yeah, it's just really, really neat. So also Brune, he's still, he's not very happy still. So he takes this only one kid in town, Ernine's younger brother, Bobby. Mm-hmm. He's at, taken as a hostage and taken to the hotel where they're holed up in. But Gene, he goes to Ernine, who's freaking out. And he's like, I'm going to watch over Bobby. They seem to have a connection, which, mm-hmm. which grows more and more throughout. But he's like, I'm going to take care of Bobby. Don't worry. Even though she seems at first to not like him at all. No, she not at all. She him with the rest of the guys. Um, exactly yeah. she already has has told us what she expects and wants from life and from men and the same yeah. at least not at this point and not at this point yeah helen goes to check on blaze he's recuperating from after getting the shit beat out of him and she's just like you know hey me and hal we're real grateful that you've been handling stuff you know we we, we really like you buddy you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. thanks for everything and that's just whatever Inside the hotel, you got old Tex and Pace. They're trying to get Bobby to find the liquor that's hidden. <laughs> and you know just, where this is, right? Go find it. Yeah, you go sniff it out like a fucking yeah. booze dog. And so Gene comes in. He's like, yo, you got to stop. And Ernine actually comes because she's worried and goes to check on him. And she tries to take him back to the store with her. But he gets stopped. Pace comes out and... You know, he tries to force himself on Ernine. He's really creepy, yeah. He's super creepy. And Gene pulls out a gun and is like, you leave. Bobby's got to stay. And Bobby's even like, no, 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 Gene's all right. Like, it's all right. And so Pace doesn't like this. He's like, oh, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood for some fighting. I don't, uh, grr, grr, but all right. Yeah. And Brune, he's seeing this. He's like, things are falling apart here. I, you know, I did make a promise that these, I know these guys are going to be garbage if they drink. And if, especially if they molest the women, as he says. Yeah. So he's like, all right, look, I'll, I'll do the best I can do. This is what we can do. This is my offer. It looks like it's going to be coffee, cookies, and a little dancing on a Saturday night. Sounds um, like a good night to me. It's not too bad. Just as long as you don't have to forcibly dance with these awful creeps. <laughs> one, one of the creepiest and ugh, scenes in the whole movie. I, I, it's I, very I, effective. 
Yeah, I, I, I both loved and loathed it. Yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's just it's like, interesting. Yeah. It's, the spinning around so it's very dizzying and it's just constant and you just have these dirty faces in your, just thrown at you and all these right. women are just like coiling away yeah. from it. Yeah, right, it's yeah. quite a scene. It is very effective. And so everyone's dancing. Tex grabs Helen and, and dancing with her and gets super handsy, which Brule is able to stop. He's like, can I dance with her? And he's pointing a gun at him. And yeah, he's a much better dance partner. Yeah. And we also learn at this point that if Brule, he's on morphine. And yeah. so once that wears off, he's going to cough himself to death. It'll open up tears in his chest and he'll yeah. internal bleeding. That's not very good. So old pal Dan comes in with news to Blaze that the women are dancing with these awful scumbags. And also that Crane is going to go talk to Broom because he doesn't want to see his wife with another man, which is like, oh, buddy, I got bad news for you. (laughs) Ultimately. So Blaze comes in. He's feeling a little better after he's been resting up. And he says, this has got to stop. The weather's clearing. I'm going to take you guys before the cavalry gets here. I can show you the way to get the hell out of here. You know, a secret way. If you guys stay, it's going to be another Mormon massacre. Mm -hmm. So come with me. We're going to go through the mountains. (laughs) Next morning. No trail, just hoping for the best. Yep. Then the next morning, right when they're about to leave, Helen shows up. She asks Blaze, why are you doing this? <laughs> you were ready to like kill everybody. And he's like, I didn't like what I saw in the mirror after you left my hotel room. I'm a better person now, apparently. Then also Gene, he says goodbye to Ernie. He's like, I'll never forget you. She asks him to stay. And when he promises to come back, but then she tells him, hey, by the way, there's no safe passage. You're going to the mountains. You're, it's about to storm a ton like you're gonna die yeah which gene then go immediately goes to tell brune but brune decides to keep that to himself and then we're off <laughs> which i find interesting i i i because I, you get like this idea that there's this kind of like bubbling under the surface of like knowing because they, they allude to it earlier in the movie that if brune dies like it's going to be complete anarchy. Like He's like the only the, one keeping him at bay. Right, exactly. Because then they're going to just like drink and be all over the women and kill people and just like, it's Criminals. just going to be a, a, yeah, a, a total mess. So I think Brune and Blaze both recognize this, even though they're on opposite ends of the fence, they yeah. both realize this. So their fate is kind of sealed to protect the people of the town by leaving and going through this basically impassable they know they're almost like leading them to their deaths basically on both ends, but they yeah. both proceed with it. And I, I, I thought that was fascinating. And that's one thing I did really like about the psychology of that. I, Making I really, the hard choices. Right. I, I really did like that. This is where it gets a little tough to watch them, man. These watching these poor horses go through oh, this man. snow was just it, it was like brutal. watching straight up animal abuse. Yeah, it's really brutal. brutal. The whipping at them. I mean, yeah. a lot of the whips I did notice, like they were just hitting themselves. So I was like, all right, at yeah. least there's that. But it was just like you these poor horses just falling through the snow. I mean, it's some some heavy snow. Heavy snow. I get it. It was the time they weren't expecting a lot of this because it's plenty where they're just walking through trails clearly. But yeah, a little tough. Still very effective. I mean, it was. It speaks to the brutality of the whole movie. I mean, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. just, it's just one other aspect of it, you know, in, in my and, eyes. I mean, it gets so relentless from here yeah. on out. So they're just going through the mountains and the snow. Texas horse collapses. And Brune, he doesn't want Gene to be a part of this. He feels bad for this poor kid. He, he sees that he's just an innocent. So he says to Tex to, to give Gene the horse, uh, his horse, and for Gene to just follow the trail back. 
everyone seems to be taking his money away from him too because his money like the his his cut of the the take from the bank robbery was on his horse too yeah so they basically saying like you're forfeiting your money too too heavy to carry yeah right and this is where the thing people's uh (laughs) bank accounts fluctuate and rise all throughout after this yes so Brune falls from his horse too and shorty goes to him and then tex shoots and kills Brune at this point mm-hmm. and says to blaze you're gonna keep coming with us <laughs> we still need your help we still believe in this trail so we're gonna go deeper into the heart of snowy darkness and um one by one the men they just start dropping like flies based off of the greed of the others because they're all like hey that just means we get more gold that's yep. that's great more for them and then we're just down to the the big three at this point tex pace and blaze mm-hmm. we got an even worse blizzard that comes after this <laughs> blaze tries to escape and tex and pace shoot at him and then they try to start a fire which does not work pace doesn't have any matches um, he a tries a sh- lot of wind and they're using like, it looks like wet pine needles. Like it's yeah. not looking good. So like, you know what, why don't we try to shoot the wood? That'll start a fire, which scares off the horses Yeah, and no fire is started whatsoever. So Pace and Tex, they seek shelter the best that they can. But in the morning, Pace is just completely a frozen corpse and Tex is just like frostbitten, and barely able to move. Yeah. Cause when blaze, he, he arrives and Tex is trying to shoot him with his rifle, but he just cannot do it. And then he collapses into the snowbank. Great, a great collapse where he just yeah. falls into that little like mound <laughs> face down. And then after this, we got Blaze. He heads, he makes it back home. We got Dan and Gene there to greet him. We got a whole new town. And Gene's like, Hey, can I work for you? <laughs> you got a job for me? Sure. Hustling. You know, you, you do what you got. do what you can. Yeah. You certainly didn't get paid for it. And, that's it. That's the end of bitters, and that's the end of our day of the outlaw. Well, you got. You also, I got to make mention of uh, Blaze saying, you know, uh, you know, taking his gun away and saying no more guns. And and yeah, I mean, that's part of it. It's, it's he never fires a gun once in the movie, uh, right? So, which is it, crazy. Yeah, you you're expecting like some real brutal Robert or, Ryan, yeah, gunslinging western. I mean, it gets in a, a good fight for yeah. sure and you know but like he's about to get into a gun battle right before these outlaws come into town i mean you're very much expecting that and yeah even at the end you're like oh he's gonna pull some gun off but yeah nope. not 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 doesn't one need it shot which is pretty wild yeah i had to consider that once i saw that fun fact but that's the film dan what did you what did you think of day of the outlaw i feel like i need to watch it again but I liked it. I didn't love it. I, I thought it was cool. It, it, I feel like it definitely, the needle felt a little bit more towards the Western side for me, but I definitely understand and appreciate the noir tinge to it. So yeah. for that, I think it's cool. And there's a lot of great moments. A lot, yeah. Cinematography is great. Like I said, there's a lot of good undertones in it. Yeah. I liked it. I wasn't like over the moon for it. I, 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 I thought it was enjoyable and it had a great cast you know, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have a bad time watching it. Yeah, my my note was just that I, I, there was so much potential in like literally everything about it, but it just it, it tended to fall short in a lot of ways a couple of times. But yeah, I, I liked it. But I, I also I, I also yeah. can see like now that I've seen it and expectation because I mean we went into this just as blind as possible. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I would if I saw this on TV, I would leave it on. Like yeah, I could see really growing to like this. But it, I it, I say it absolutely belongs as a noir western. The poster is fascinating to me. It's also the the cover of the of the Blu-ray because yes. as much as it's not really about guns, you have 
Tina Louise wielding a gun, which doesn't happen at all in the movie. Well, and it seemed also felt like there'd be a lot. I, I would say the lack of Tina Louise was my complaint. Yeah. I really felt like she was going to be more of a part of it. And when it started with her, it was so great. Like the dynamic between the two of them was really great. But then it takes that left turn and then it... And then, yeah, you just barely get yeah. her. And then she's just like, you know, being In forced to be danced with it. it yeah. It's just a bit of a shame, but we'll see. We'll give it another shot. Maybe when I'm editing this episode, I'll be like, yeah, yeah that's fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like I said, I, I, I liked it. I definitely I liked, liked it. it. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely one of the coldest movies i've seen in a while you know in both I put in on tone a and, while I watched and feeling it. yeah i felt i felt cold watching it so yeah there's a lot of potential i mean i, I feel like i'm keep saying this more and more but like remake this one there's some cool shit here or just like take the inspiration and, and go somewhere yeah. with it a lot, a day you'll never cool forget stuff. it's certainly not a long movie like i didn't feel like it dragged too much no yeah it was 92 minutes i think something like that yeah yeah 92 yeah. minutes you'll never forget right yep <laughs> that's a day basically yeah but in movie time, yeah. It, yes, exactly. Uh, so some, some movie facts about it. He, uh, Andre de Toth had built a town in Oregon. He tried to get it done several months in advance because he wanted it to be naturally weathered by rain and snow. So, you know, look natural. But the workers had been slacking on it. And they actually, the whole layouts of the streets he provided were, were not followed. So they had rebuild it. Uh, for the dance sequence, Andre de Toth had found a way to, it doesn't really get into this, but it just says that, Tina Louise was very surprised during it. It wasn't just her character acting surprised. I don't know. Maybe they just grabbed her and started spinning her or something. Yeah. Maybe they didn't give a lot of like direction of like how it would play out. And then just yeah. kind of let the actors kind of you know, take, take the, the, the lead, lead literally and kind of swing her around. I, I don't she know. She seemed I mean, disgusted. Yeah. So it must've yeah. worked. It was effective. Speaking of feeling disgusted, Robert Ryan had been sick for a week with pneumonia. So that's mm. never good for a picture that you're filming. No. But the movie was based on the 1955 novel of the same title, as we said, from Lee Wells. And that had actually been serialized in several newspapers in the fall of 1955 and also in others in late summer 1956. Producer Buddy Adler originally produced it as a vehicle for Robert Wagner. Hmm. I don't know if that casting would have been better. No, I think Robert Ryan was just right. There's there's very few times I'm replacing Robert Ryan, you know? Yeah. But Philip Jordan had read the novel and insisted on writing the script for it. And so this was filmed in Central Oregon in late November and early December 1958. So that explains why you're getting the weather you're getting. Jordan had called the script, quote, one of the best I've ever written, but said the problem with the film was the budget at $400,000, saying it wasn't big enough. And also he said in a biography about Robert Ryan, Tatoth was having personal problems at the time of filming. And it was pretty clear on set. And also one of those problems was that Robert Ryan was out of work for a week with pneumonia. There's delays in filming because of snowstorms. And Jatoth had been changing his mind about some scenes, if they were going to be inside or remote exteriors and starting to run out of money. So it just really felt like it was a lot of that potential was there even in the script, but they just, it was a bad time to make this movie, you know? Couldn't make it happen. no, finding that out, it, it did feel a little apparent in retrospect, but it, it's still, again, very cool what they did come up with. Yeah. Russell Harlan. Why can't I find him? Who is Russell Harlan? He's a cinematographer. Cinematographer, that's why I had him. Yes. He did a great job, goddamn. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we know him from, he did Gun Crazy, and he's also yes. done Rio Bravo and To Kill a Mockingbird. Right, had been around 11. In, had been in Hollywood for a very long time. He actually had started as an actor and stuntman, but then in the early 1930s found interest behind the camera. 
old Burl Ives. He's a, a folk singer. And of course, we know him as old Sam the Snowman, narrator yep. of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He also, of course, was in Cat on a Haunted Roof. Mm-hmm. And he also won an, an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for The Big Country from 1958. If you like Westerns, there's one for you. Yeah. Tina Louise, old ginger from Gilligan's Island. Still alive, Dan. Wow. She made uh, an album at one point. It's called It's Time for Tina, (laughs) (laughs) which is a good time. And she's quoted as saying, the best movie you'll ever be in is your own life, because that's what matters in the end. End quote. Probably should have ended with that one. Whoops. That's all right. Yeah, we got to build you up for old Philip Yordan. Our old writer friend, he used to actually help blacklisted writers. He would volunteer himself as a name to be used, Mm. and he found it to be a good way to make money. He, of course, received sole credit for Johnny Guitar, which doesn't seem like that was the case (laughs) whatsoever in retrospect. Love that movie, though. He also was self-described as apolitical, which is, is funny because of helping out blacklisties, but he said it was because he got the better people cheaper. That's why he worked with them. And he also claimed to have never read a newspaper until he was 50. Wow. Now, Ernine, Venezia, still alive, old Stevens. And she appeared in Back to the Future Part 2 as the cover girl of Ooh La La magazine. Ooh La La. And also the same photo of her appears on cans and bottles of Sweetheart Stout Beer since 1958. She was married to Russ Tamblin at one point, and then later Don Everly of the Everly Brothers. I did know that, yes. I do, I do like the Everly Brothers a lot. And after that, she retired from acting and modeling. She actually hated acting. She was not having fun with it and had two daughters, one of which uh, <laughs> was Erin, the ex-wife of Axl Rose, and was the inspiration of several Guns N' Roses songs, including Sweet Child O' Mine, where she appeared in the video. Got to get some uh, some Axl Rose trivia into into film noir. I never thought that would happen, but here it's, we are. It's about damn time. Yeah. Welcome to the asphalt jungle, huh? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and that, that's it, Dan. That's all I got. I have one uh, side note that because you mentioned earlier, and I feel like we mentioned a lot is why don't they bring back like serialization and new newspapers, like it, like kind of hard boiled detective stories. Like I think that would be a neat throwback. Anything. I, I, yeah. People, you don't need a full thing right off the bat. And if anything, it, when it's done, you're like, oh, okay, I'll publish that. Or like, you like it half. It just seems like it's good for all parties involved. Yeah. It would be a neat thing. Like I would actually be like, okay, I'd, I'd feel more intrigued about being proactive about looking at the, at the newspaper. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If there's like a cool like detective story that you, you get in parts as a serial, like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be cool. Maybe us and the Noiros need to write our local newspapers and ask them to serialize our stories. Or just create, yeah, just create our own. <laughs> oh, make a newspaper, yeah, maybe. Yeah, make, yeah, yeah. All right, well, maybe we'll we'll put that together as a project for year two. Yeah, it's an idea. The magazine, the out of the podcast magazine. Yeah, the magazine. Magazine. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much, guys. Join us next week for 1947's Nightmare Alley. I just have the feeling. That's why I'm going to keep away from you. You know... What? I wonder why I'm like that. Like what? I'm never thinking about anybody except myself. Well, you don't think I'd go without you. You mean that, Stan? 
Absolutely. You satisfied? Oh, Stan. I don't care for nothing now. Nothing in the world. You're not a regular MD, are you? Of course not. But anything my patients reveal to me is as sacred as though it were given under the seal of the confessional. Is that clear? All right, all right. You don't have to get on a soapbox. I'm going to be strictly on the level about this whole thing myself. Will you get out of here? I should have known you were that kind uh -oh. of a... It takes one to catch one. Listen to me. I'm no good. I never pretended to be. But I love you. I'm a hustler. I've always been one. But I love you. I may be the thief of the world, but with you I've always been on the level. Have you seen this one, Dan? I have not. I got the I have not either. And I've been I've been hanging on to it since it came out. Uh and and trying yeah, to mine in July, cold. the old July sale. And it's just been yeah. I don't even think I cracked it open. I've just I, I was gonna experience the booklet when we got here, but that's gonna be a good time. And also if you like Criterions, join us on Monday for 1986's Mona Lisa, which is another one I know Dan hasn't seen unless you yeah. watched it before. I have not. I mean that's we got a fresh watch. You got a little bit of time before we record, so that'd be pretty soon, but Yes. I'm looking forward to hearing your opinions on both and also my opinion on one of them <laughs> <laughs> newly. But thanks for, for tuning in. The real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Out of the podcast everywhere where it matters. Keep up the good work with your ears and we'll keep up the good work gabbing away at these old movies and all these opinions we got. Oh, we're, we're so controversial, Dan. <laughs> Sometimes. I guess so, yes. Well, speaking of controversial, let's lift up our full poured drinks of liquid controversial and say, Dan, it's the crime. There's a crime. Critting.